When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. 0800 is our phone number, folks. 8833 is our text number. You might want to uh, get in touch with us uh, with, uh, in reply to the comments that we're about to hear now uh, from the panel. And I'm very pleased to say we've had a lot of fun this week with the panel, actually. We had some great insight. Jamie Wall is joining us this morning. He's a rugby writer uh, and author of a fantastic book, 100-Year War. 100-Year War, and it's a history of the All Blacks uh, against the Springboks. And with Jamie this morning is uh, that man, McConey, of uh, Crowd Goes Wild fame. Actually did. People don't really know this, but James McConey actually turned down Maria Sharapova. She was the one doing the asking, and he turned it down. Uh, we'll start with uh, you, Mr. James McConey. Uh, how about them yeah. Ollie Whites, man? How about them Ollie Whites? Oh, you've got to love it. That is uh, making history first ever victory, 1-0 against South Korea. And you know some of those South Koreans, they, they look legit. Just no cutting edge. But, of course, we had Chris Wood all the way out of Hamilton, Kitty Kitty Roa, and... Um, for a big unit, showed how to stay onside, and the VAR is our friend. Great goal. Jamie, uh, listen, an emotive subject uh, a couple of nights ago when, when the women's uh, football team actually started uh, their campaign in the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, you've got such a great history in, in writing and, and watching and talking about the All Blacks. Can you ever imagine the All Blacks taking a knee? Well, wow, that's a that's a great question, Smithy. Um, you know, I'd, I'd if they did, I'd uh, it'd be it'd be it'd really be something, and it'd really show that the things have changed quite a lot from say 40 years ago. You know, obviously we're uh, we're at the 40th anniversary mark of the 81 Springbok tour, and it would really mark change. Um, but uh, I think uh, I mean, well done to the to the uh, to the, wo- the women's team. Um, you know, something they believe in, and they got up there. And some of the most iconic Olympic moments um, have been political stands uh, and, and indeed sports moments. So, I mean, you know, it's a cause that I believe in. So, I mean, well done to them. Yeah, you're right. And you did bring up a good point, actually, about the anniversary. It, it was uh, on right as we speak, uh, 40 years ago. Um, <clears throat> you must have researched that a lot uh, and as part of your, your writings over, over the years. Fascinating time in New Zealand rugby, uh, that Springbok tour, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and I think, um, you know, given what's happening in South Africa at the moment, um, you know, it just goes to show that perhaps uh, we're not as far removed from from what uh, what was going on back then to what it is now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people these days interested in social justice. And I think a lot of younger people these days might be interested to know that perhaps the parents were quite into it as well um so yeah it's a pretty 
a pretty interesting time, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about it as the as the anniversaries mark on, uh, roll on. It was interesting, actually, Jamie. I, I had an interview with Stu Wilson earlier in the week, and it was a different side of Stu Wilson. So so fascinating about it, his involvement uh, at home as well uh, with those things. And one of the things he said, Jamie, was that he reckoned that if he had a poll with those players now, forty years on, they would, probably wouldn't have played. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point that you bring up um, because I think that uh, there's a lot of people out there who probably would have gone to the games as well um, in sport. Because you've got to remember that there was more people inside the ground than, than outside protesting. So, you know, the tour was still a very popular thing that was happening and we remember the protests. But, yeah, it's uh, it, I think it's a, a really good time now for people to perhaps come out and say, like, hey, maybe you, you know, got that one wrong. James McConey... Um Take a knee, would you? Would you take a knee? I mean, it's it's an emotive thing, it's an individual thing, but when you see a team doing it en masse, you kind of assume it's a team thing. My question to you is, do you think within the, all those players, those women players the other night, they were all convinced about taking the knee or they just didn't be, want to be the one or two that didn't? Um, I think that most of them, I think it would probably have been 100%. I'd take a knee um, happily, and I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, reading about the 1968 uh, protests at the Olympics uh, from the American sprint team and 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 how the, Austra- the Australian sprinter, you know, supported them. And, um, you know, this is like on the podium and stuff. And there, there was the, the, the vilification they got, you realise there's something wrong that you can't actually just protest and um, for, for so many wrongs and you don't have to go too far um, in the history of our, our biggest democracy to see that there are still problems everywhere. So, you know, look, do you drag it into sport? I think it's one way to, to get the message out there and to sort of teach our young people that there is a, there's a better way that, towards a, a more equitable society. I think it's quite an emotive subject here, James, because whilst it's been quite prevalent in America, Colin Kaepernick, of course, started it, and it's been a bit of a trend, uh, certainly... It's, it's relatively new to us, isn't it? And, and I'm not sure New Zealanders react to change like that that, that well. Well, the Colin Kaepernick um, thing is still a disgrace, really, that somebody who protested um, and couldn't get a gig, even though he took his team to a Super Bowl. So I just hope no, nothing like that happens ever in, uh, you know, in New Zealand sport. And, and also for... You think about the book that Jamie's writing about the um, the, the Springbok tour. I was a kid back then, and I remember the Waikato game happened, uh, or didn't happen. And that that protest, my dad uh, and his friend, who was All Blacks doctor, but later Mike Bowen, they went to the game together, and they came they came home and said the game didn't happen. And his reaction was, well, maybe that's the right thing. I thought he was going to be, you know, so pro rugby, I guess, but. Um, it was just a, a reflective moment for a person who, you know, really sort of had to take stock of what it was all about. Uh, look, I, I, with him, and I, I sort of, re, I, I'm with you on this as well, because I watched, I was going to watch the Waikato game with my dad. I was 24 years of age at the time. Yeah. We both sat down on the couch uh, where he was living. I went around with a, a couple of beers and thought this would be great, something to really witness with the old man. And of course, what happened happened. They broke through that barrier at the old yeah. rugby park in Hamilton. Uh, and once they got into the middle, they were not going to be moved. And then those ugly scenes as they were eventually marched off the park where people were spitting, throwing things at them. And, and that, I think, uh, was, uh, Jamie, the first evidence 
I think, of just how passionate New Zealand were about it. Uh, the second game that was canned uh, was, of course, uh, uh, in Timaru, South Canterbury game in Timaru. That didn't go ahead. And then all, uh, the, the culmination, Jamie, of course, was the flower bomb test at Eden Park. And I think we saw a, another side of our country at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that the protest in Wellington uh, for the second test was pretty full-on uh, as well um, and involved some so some pretty hefty numbers and, and some really well-organised um, protesters and a, and a huge police response. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The the whole thing came to a, a complete climax at, at Eden Park or outside Eden Park and above, in the airspace above Eden Park. So I think that uh, it, it's... It's something now that we're sort of 40 years on and maybe a couple of generations down the road, a lot of um, younger people might not know just, just how serious uh, it was. And I think that if you look at protests like the um, like the women's team did the other, the other day, it might sort of pique their interest in it a little bit and maybe just find out, like, hey, actually, this, that sort of thing happened right here on New Zealand mm-hmm. soil. So, you know, you say that it's, it's, it's not... It's not something New Zealanders are used to. Well, we certainly were used to it um, a while back. Maybe we just haven't had it uh, in a while. Yeah, absolutely right. Hey, please, fellas, uh, Jamie Wall, James McConey, stay with us. We're, we're going to go to the news uh, very shortly. But uh, really, this is cool. I love this conversation. So if you can stay with us, I'd be eternally grateful. Uh, and I'll give you a little uh, forerunner of what I'm like to talk to you about after the news. Uh, the Kiwis not wanting to take the jab, some of them, and the Rugby League World Cup is not going to be a goer from the Kiwis' point of view. So after the break, uh, the panel will continue, but uh, right now it's news time with Trudy. Jamie Wall, uh, the book is called A 100-Year War, History of uh, the All Blacks Against the Springboks. Uh, Jamie's the author. And, of course, James McConey of uh, Goes Wild fame and uh, lots of other things as well. Very, very talented broadcaster and a very funny man. But, James, a serious subject... Uh, this morning as well. Uh, it seems now it's been confirmed that the Kiwis will not go to the Rugby League World Cup. Will it happen? And one of the other things that came out of that is that their unwillingness of a number of them to take the coronavirus jab. Do you find that interesting? Yeah, I do. I mean, I guess there's two things or quite a lot to unpack. One is I, I, I'd, I'd like them to take the vaccination, to have the vaccine, um, you know, it's, it's, it seems to. I hope that they they get uh, some good advice on that front. But as far as going to the World Cup is concerned, I, I can see that um, uh, th- there's a lot of reasons why not. And and one of the big ones is, you know, half the team generally, uh, well, up to half, but will come from one club, and that's the Warriors have been away for so long and have done that. And I just think you're just adding more anguish and and stress, and they've already had to sort of uproot and shift again. And I just think that, you know, at some point you have to say during a global pandemic, a sport like that has to probably understand that it might be best to just delay it and do what... I mean, they delayed an entire Olympic uh, Olympiad and they probably should have delayed it another year if we're we're being totally honest. But, um, yeah, I back the the decision. I don't think it's um, a bad one. And to, to be honest, Australia, who supply and New Zealand, we supply a lot of players for other nations, um, you, you can still, you can still have, a, have a tournament of some kind, but maybe just downgrade it from a World Cup now. Jamie, do you have sort of a moral response? I know there's probably religious reasons behind the, the, the not wanting to take it and not having confidence in it and wondering what it's going to do to your body, but is there sort of moral responsibility when you're in a group to safeguard yourself as much as possible? 
Well, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's just a moral responsibility. I also think it's a, an employment responsibility that I've got um, going on. Um, there, I would have thought that sports people um, would be the first ones to be taking the vaccine, um, considering that their livelihood kind of depends on it. Um, I think I think that this whole situation has shown, um, like a lot of things in the sports world, that COVID um, has shown is just how uh, just where things stand on people's um, uh, priority lists. And clearly, the World Cup isn't something that's very high up on the NRL's um, priority list. Um, like James said, there's, there's a lot to unpack in all of this, and I think that there's sort of some pretty compelling arguments from from both sides. I was pretty interested to hear what Greg Peters had to say. Uh, this morning um, about it, but there is this perception that um, the NZRL is kind of being told what to do by the NRL, um, and I, I think that the the situation of um, of having vaccines uh, put out is, uh, is is something that I think that there's probably a bit more to that. Um, maybe I'm not saying that these guys are making excuses or anything because, like you said, that you know they've been away from home for a long time. But I think that uh, it's it, you know there's probably a bit more, com- a few more conversations where we're really going to know what's really going on in this situation. James, uh, the Olympics. At, uh, well, it looks like they're going ahead. I mean, the opening ceremony is uh, is on tonight. Uh, how much doubt did you have we'd even get to this point? Yeah, it's amazing. They've really sort of pushed things through. Uh, Thomas Buck and old Dick Pound making sure that it's going to happen. Uh, and t- to be honest, it just feels like uh, the, everything they've done up until this point is they've been belligerent. They've ignored uh, any advice. Um, they've ignored the Japanese people and they uh, OK, we're having Olympics. But you know what? When it starts, we'll all be watching, uh, just like I was watching the Ollie Whites last night. So we have to really just except we're going we're going full steam ahead and opening ceremony wise smithy and jamie i don't know how you feel about it but i sort of find that the the moments that stand out are not the the lycra clad stuff that goes on really there's always going to be a few great moments the muhammad ali the the uh the the archer at uh barcelona so i'm really hoping japan gets its act together gives us some pokemon um, you know, Super Mario, whatever it is, uh, at least ninjas. Uh, I need to see ninjas, otherwise I won't be happy. My understanding is that there will be some, I think that the ninjas, the samurai are basic, uh, based in Nagoya, I think. I've done a little bit of homework here. But anyway, uh, Jamie Wall, uh, it's 10.15 tonight, Sky Sport Channel 53. It goes for three hours in front of nobody. <laughs> will you be watching? Uh, well, I mean, I have a lot of good friends at Sky, so I'm going to have to say, like, you know, I'm sure they'll um, they'll appreciate the ratings. So yeah, I'll probably um, I'll probably tune in. Um, I'll, I'll probably have a few mate. beers by then because it's Friday night. Um, uh, and but one thing I will say <laughs> is I always end up getting stuck watching them all march into the stadium. I don't even know if they're doing that this time because I want to see New Zealand uh, come in. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, it's going to be very strange without without people there. Um, but, yeah, like, like James said, I'm sure the Japanese can bust out something pretty cool. Quick prediction from both of you. I know you're both uh, serious rugby men. Uh, Lions, Springboks, Cape Town, test match number one, Sunday morning New Zealand time. Give us a prediction, Jamie. Uh, I've got the box for this one. 
Um, yeah, but that's a really short thing. I the series will be really tight. James? Yeah. Uh, I'm going... I'm going... Uh, I might go Lions, actually, but I do feel like the box can get it together. They've gone reasonably small. Quaker Smith must be the smallest number eight ever named in, uh, in uh, rugby history for quite some time. Um, but... Uh, Gats has got enough firepower, and I think he's um, he's got pretty much talent across the park. Let's go, Lions. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the shots of Owen Farrell sitting waiting on the bench. I mean, he's, he gives <laughs> ugly looks when he's actually playing. So imagine having to sit and wait uh, just to see if Warren Gatlin's going to introduce him to the game at some point. So I hope, like hell, Dan Bigger has a cracker and they don't need him. That will be good viewing in itself. Fellas, thanks so much. James McConey, Jamie Wall, for giving us up your time. Uh, that was the panel, folks, for Friday morning and some wonderful input there. We've had it uh, all throughout the week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.